Sue and I became friends, I don't even know how many years ago it's the, at, at this point, but we share a lot of the same vision and we share a lot of the same goals. And one of those goals is to help people online, both by helping them use technology responsibly, but also helping them minimize the damage that they can do with their tools. And one of the biggest problems that we see everywhere, we all see it, is cyberbullying and cyber cruelty. And Sue is an incredible advocate in trying to basically stop cyber cruelty. And I don't know that anyone will ever truly be able to stop it, but the more people we can help, the better. And sometimes you have to be truly affected to understand what somebody's going through. And because this podcast is about stories and learning from stories and bringing people together through stories, I asked Sue if she would share this very personal story as to how she became such an incredible advocate and what she went through and what drives her. And so today is about Sue uh, telling that story. Welcome fellow humans to the Public and Permanent Podcast from IROC2.org, a collection of stories shared by you every week to help develop our digital consciousness, cultivating a productive, positive, and powerful global village. I am your host, Richard Gary. Let's go. So Sue, I want to thank you so much for opening up and sharing something so personal. And I really believe a lot of people will learn from this. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it because, you know, not too many people actually know where I started from because it was so many years ago. Actually, it was almost two decades ago. It was in the late 90s when it started. Reality is online hate has been going on a long time. In 2003, I was confronted with cruel comments, twisted truths, outright lies, images that were literally distorted of myself. You know, today we call them mean memes. There were literally trolls out there that were impersonating me, creating fake accounts in my name. I mean, these are things today that go on all the time. But this is, again, well over a decade ago when we didn't even hear about this stuff. So there were two words that changed my life way back then. Two words that taught me the power of the internet. And they were Google me. I was sitting in my office in 2003 when a psychologist called me up. And I was, and I still am, an educational consultant, a family counselor, where I work with families of at-risk teens and help them find residential treatment. So he calls me up and he says, you know, Sue, he goes, I've had a really hard time sending families over to you. He goes, every time I do, they come back into my office and they call me up and they say, you know, have you Googled her lately? Do you know what Google, or do you know what Google is saying about her? So he says to me, Sue, do you know what Google is saying about you? And I'm sitting there like, who even knew Google had a voice, right? right? Again, infancy of the internet where this is before any of us knew to Google ourselves. So I put my my two words, my name into the, uh, the internet search box there and I was simply mortified. So what happened was when I put my name into that box, I was delivered what I called my digital scarlet letter. It was sous chef was the biggest fraud ever. Um, I, Families are exploited by me. I place kids in risky programs. I abuse kids, um, all kinds of stuff, stuff that you would never hire me. It was literally the first two pages of my Google search were just completely full of negative. Bulletin boards, forums, reviews, even PTA forums. I was just, I sat there, just completely paralyzed in fear, completely humiliated. Um, I, I can't even explain to anybody the feelings of 
powerlessness that you feel. Like you just want to hit delete. You want to hit like, I really wanted to die at the time. I didn't know what to do. So obviously immediately I had to hire an attorney. I sort of knew who was behind this because I had just at that time had won a big case that I had, my daughter was having some problems and we had to place her into um, a therapeutic boarding school, which ended up being extremely um, abusive. And once I exposed them for what they were, I won a major lawsuit. We ended up shutting down 22 of their programs, probably cost them a lot of money. I was very fortunate that um, my insurance ended up paying a lot of the legal fees, which were well over a million dollars to take down this monstrosity of a, a program. It's on my website. If you go to helpyourteens.com uh, and read A Parent's True Story, you'll see. Um, and, that was, uh, and that was helpyourteens.com. Helpyourteens.com. And right on the homepage, you'll read A Parent's True Story. My first book was actually about this because it made huge you know, national, international news. And that's where really my name became so big because they did many stories about it. It was on 2020. Um, it was on 48 Hours. There was a documentary made on it. So anyway, it was a huge story back then because it involved the abuse of children, duping parents. I had bought into a therapeutic boarding school that was supposed to have horses and therapy. It didn't have either one of them. It was sort of like a cult. My daughter was uh, extremely um, neglected, abused. They put her in a box for 17 hours a day. It was just horrifying. So I had exposed them online. I wrote a big blog, even back, back in the late 90s, I knew how to write a blog, okay. um, early 2000s. And I exposed them. And they, and how ironic this is, they attempted to sue me for defamation. So, so I countersued them back for the abuse that they did, because um, the truth is your defense, obviously. And I won. And then what happened was they took it to the Supreme Court. And I won again, no one condones child abuse and fraud. Um, but they were so pissed off that they ended up hiring this woman to defame me online. So this woman that was writing all this stuff about me, I was the biggest fraud, I exploited families, I, I abused children, I placed kids in risky programs. She was paid by this organization. And, and people listening to this podcast may think, oh my God, how do you know that? Well, we had depositions and in legal deposition, video depositions, she finally had to admit it. You know, when this doctor, this psychologist and the doctor called my office and I sat there and I looked at the internet, again, I sat there paralyzed in fear. It took me at least a couple of days before I got up the nerve, I called an attorney um, and we had to get to work on filing an internet defamation case as well as invasion of privacy because although this woman was hired to slander me and defame me online, what happens with, with this, as everyone knows listening to this, once she started, it was like a mob-like mentality. All these other, we called them, you know, over a year ago, I mean, over a decade ago, they really weren't called trolls. They were called minions. I don't know why. Minions was a big word back then. It's in all my court papers, too. All these minions piled on. People I don't even know started saying, let's take Sue Chef down. Then they started with these sexual innuendos. It was, it was just horrifying. And it got to a point where I literally had to close my office. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I had no work anymore. Who's going to hire a con artist? Who's going to hire someone that 
looks like she abuses kids. It was, I can't explain to you, it wasn't only being financially ruined, more importantly, it was being emotionally destroyed. I became a recluse. I never left my home. I, I, and, and like kids today being bullied, I, you feel like the world is coming to an end. I didn't want to tell anybody. You can, you feel like people are going to blame you. You feel like you're being judged. You feel like people are going to look at you as, what did you do to deserve right. this? I mean, seriously, even though you don't, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. You feel like you must have done something. Maybe you shouldn't have countersued them. Maybe you should have just not poked the bear, you know, but I had to do what I had to do for my daughter. And, and also to, to protect tens of thousands of other kids that were being harmed in this school. Because what happened to my daughter was so minor compared to what the abuse that happened to other kids. Because we went on to represent other kids that were really physically abused in these programs. Jeez. Yeah. So, wow. So, so you went from you know just having a job, helping people, to having to deal with learning about what was happening to your daughter, then taking the making the decision to spend the time, the money, and the resources to go after that company, and then after you go after the company, now you're dealing with them coming after you. Um, right, they came after me indirectly through this woman. Right. Just to this point, I mean, this I think illustrates how much power people truly have when they start going online and posting cruel and fake things. I mean, it illustrates how much power each of us have. And, you know, there's that social contract of, you know, these two yellow lines that keep us from driving into each other on the road. I mean, it really makes you think about how much power a person has. I mean, this couldn't be a more glaring example of a keyboard being a weapon and that social contract that I think we all really, as as I hear your story, I understand more and more what we, what we live by because this woman was paid by an organization to essentially destroy you. And right. this is a day and time before, I mean, what, Facebook 2004? I mean, there was nothing like we have today. You know, you're talking about message boards and blogs. I mean, imagine what people go through today, right? Oh, With Twitter. Exactly. And exactly. What, what advice would you have for anyone who's being you know, bullied online? Uh, because we hear every day about suicide and we hear about people who are, who are holding this in and they're thinking about doing horrible things to themselves. What, what advice would you have to someone who might be going through what you went through? And it might even be just as bad, if not worse, because of social media today. What, what advice would you give those people? Right. Well, first of all, I was 40-something years old when I went through this horrific time. My family didn't find out what I was going through until I made the front page of USA Today. Florida woman wins $11.3 million jury verdict. That's how my father found out about it. That's how my kids found out about it. That's how the world found out about it because I told no one except one best friend. What I did was wrong because I suffered for years, you know, internally because I didn't want to tell anybody. And there are people out there that will support you, that won't judge you. Um, I think there's nothing worse than keeping it to yourself. And I think we all, we all now as, an online safety advocate, as as someone cyberbullying advocate to help kids. I always say, tell an adult or tell someone you trust. They're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be there for them. I was afraid to tell somebody. I was afraid of them judging me. I was afraid that they, you know, um, of being humiliated, of being embarrassed. And I want to tell every 
child, every person living out there, don't do that. There are so many support groups out there, so many support organizations out there that are willing to support you if you are struggling. Tell someone. I want to pause and make a real quick interjection here. If you are a victim of bullying, cyber cruelty, or abuse, and you feel like you don't have anyone to turn to, please know there are a lot of resources like the Stomp Out Bullying Helpline, the Crisis Text Line, and the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. We will be posting these and more resources for you on our website in the notes for episode four. I can't stress enough to keep lines of communication open, and I know that's really hard, for parents to do and kids to do but this is why we all talk about this constantly you know the tech talk the digital life talk is an ongoing conversation it's not that it's not like the sex talk where you're having it once or twice right. it's every single day a quick pro tip I am asked quite often, when is my kid ready for a phone? I have a few answers for that, but here's one of the most important. If you do not believe your child has someone to go to in the time of crisis or with a problem, maybe it's you, maybe it's an aunt, an uncle, a guidance counselor, a principal, a cop. But if you feel like your child does not have a trusted adult to go to with a problem, then ladies and gentlemen, they are not ready for a phone. Because I know multiple adults who make mistakes in a digital world and they themselves don't know how to face or resolve their challenge. So how can we expect a tween or teen with little wisdom because they just haven't lived life yet to do it on their own? But what you said, Richard, is so true. Back when I was being interviewed, I always used to say it's a legal, lethal weapon. People are, are weaponizing their keyboards and it can destroy families. When I came out, when I came out publicly with this whole, what happened to me, I was bombarded with emails from teachers, from principals, from wives, from husbands, from veterinarians, from even lawyers that have been, were destroyed by clients, by students people using their keyboards to destroy each other. And this goes back again, the decade, two decades ago. There's nothing new here. You know, Lady Justice cleared my name, my lawyer saved me. But if it wasn't for the very first online reputation management company opening that same summer of 2006, I don't know where I would be today. So I mean, everything happens for a reason. And in the summer of 2006, Reputation Defender opened its doors. And I'm proud to be one of their spokespeople, and I, and, I, and I love the company today. They were huge. I credit them for saving my life, seriously. For Because without an online reputation today, you are nothing. That is your first impression anybody's going to have of you today, whether it's getting a job, whether it's going to college, being a, you know, for college admissions, whether it's a relationship, whether it's online dating, whether you're you know, moving into a neighborhood, whatever it is your name is going to be put into that search box. 90% of people don't go past the first page of Google. So what, that, what Google is saying about you, you know, people don't take the time to decipher cyber fact from cyber fiction. They're just gonna move on to the next doctor, the next lawyer, the next educational consultant, the next veterinarian. That's just the way life is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes back to just how much we really need to understand the damage we could be doing to someone, you know, when you start consistently and constantly um, attacking someone because to, to your point earlier about there were people that were jumping on the bandwagon and we see this a lot right where nobody knows the context of what might be happening we're just jumping on that and we're and piling on and so I say that because 
when you were saying earlier that it was this one person who was paid to defame you and and you were saying that they were creating all kinds of, of, of horrible things, comments, distorted images, a number of things that you were telling me about. Now, all of a sudden, you have people that are seeing this as truth because, you know, they're seeing it on the Internet and it's on the first page. Right. And so mm-hmm. you have all these people jumping on. And that's an incredible problem. I mean, that's an incredible problem when you have not one person who's just being cruel, but you have one person who has become the leader of a of a movement of cruelty against an individual or an organization. So we see this every day though, do we not? People are too quick to judge. We have to be slow to consider, you know, take the time to consider what the situation is. Is it really factual? Right. You know, before we get out there and use our keyboards to insult somebody, I can't stress this enough. Talk to your kids about how to report flag and block abusive content. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. We, I, always, I always tell people, you know, copy, save, and print. That was one thing big in my lawsuit is printing, saving all the evidence. Absolutely. absolutely. Yep, yeah, because without that evidence, it's very hard to go after, but if you copy, save, and print, you know, especially when I speak to younger children, I tell them, if you can remember that, I actually have them repeat it with me when I, when I talk to them in elementary schools, because whether they're in gaming or they're in social media, if they see something happening, it's, you know, they have to get that evidence. Quick pro tip, if you see cyber cruelty happening in a game, online, or even on your mobile device, if there's another device nearby and you don't know how to technically take a screenshot, just take a picture with the other device. Then you can email it to yourself, print it, and you have the evidence. So Sue, since you've been a victim of cyber cruelty and know what it's like to be in those shoes, as a parent, what should we be looking for if we suspect that our child is being abused or cyberbullied? Some of the warning signs parents need to look for, you know, is is the child hiding their phone from, from the parent? I became, and, and I don't know if people noticed or not, you become withdrawn. You're not, you're not attending the family functions anymore. I literally didn't go to a class reunion because I didn't want to remind people to put my name in that search box. Well, what is he or she doing anymore? Um, you change your eating habits. You know, you do. Whether you're eating too much or you're eating too little, um, you become completely withdrawn, really. You know, you become nervous and jumpy every time something comes up on the phone. You know, your notifications, you're like, oh, my God, what's next? I never Googled myself for the long. I still really very rarely Google myself. I have an alert set up because years ago, you know, back over a decade ago, every time my name would pop up, it would be something really, really negative. Another quick pro tip about alerts or Google alerts. If you go to Google and just search Google alerts, you will find information about how you can monitor the web for specific terms or names. And if this term or name is indexed in a web page, news article, blog, or scientific research in Google's index, Google will send you an email letting you know where that keyword, name, or term appeared in their index. This is a good way for you to look for your name being indexed in Google, finding out where it's located and if it's going to be a problem or something you might want to promote. Something, you know, my lawyer used to say to me frequently is, you know, freedom of speech has never included the right to inflict slander or libel onto somebody. And we have to remember that, you know, because people would always lean on that crutch of, well, it's freedom of speech. I'm allowed to put anything on the internet. Well, no, you're really not. You're really not. Even if you were allowed to put this stuff on there, it doesn't give you the right to harm and hurt people. And this is what we need to teach our kids to. Right. Right. Just because you can doesn't always mean you should. 
I just want to thank you so much for, for sharing your story. It's, it's an incredible story. I mean, the, number one, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to your, to your daughter. And I think that's atrocious. And, and it, we hear about so much abuse all the time. And so, you know, thank goodness you were made aware of it. And you know what? Thank goodness you were, you were brave enough to do something about it. And um, you did something pretty spectacular, bringing down 20, 22 different facilities, I think you said. And then you also paid the price for that. You know, and, and that's something that you shouldn't have had to do. And I think that individual who was hired to post all that stuff and do that to you, you know, I don't know if they believe in karma or not. I don't, I don't know. Well, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I will tell you that the irony of this whole story was once she realized that she was being used as a pawn, the whole thing did a spin around. Now she's walk, she was walking around with $11.3 million judgment on her, on her back. You know, yeah. it kind of stuck her life for the rest of her life. So she kind of went back and sued them. <laughs> wow, really? I don't name her anymore and I don't yeah. want to name her. I think we were all victims of a corrupt um, uh, you know, program that was making money off of children. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And I, and I forewarn parents all the time because all those people that ran those programs are still out there. And that's why I still have my organization, HelpYourTeens.com, to better educate parents to find safe and healthy program safe and quality programs out there because kids do need help it's not about shutting down programs it's about educating parents to get the right help for teens today anyway yeah that's where we're at today <laughs> all right well i mean I, i'm so glad things worked out for your for your daughter and um and, and for you and again you know without the internet help your you know help your teens.com may not exist and you wouldn't have a larger platform to, to help so many people so there's a right you know, again, that, that positive use. And if I, I think if any, if we take anything away from this conversation is that you have this keyboard and this highway in front of you to do so many things that could be positive. You know, maybe before you sit down and you start trolling, just remember there is somebody else on the other side of what you're about to do. And you may be starting a movement against that person and you might start doing some irreparable harm to that person that you never intended. You know, what looked like just a moment of anger up front you never know what that might turn into. And I think your story illustrates what that could turn into. And I think that for too many people on our planet, this is happening as a reality. And if you're, if you're sitting there and you're about to destroy somebody online, just maybe take a moment and think about the fact that one, you could be doing irreparable damage, not just the, to them, but as the woman who did all those things to you, it came back, karma, <laughs> it came yeah. back to her. Sure. And it, it could come back to you. And it can come back to you in a variety of different ways. It can come back to you never getting a job, not getting an education because you really wanted to go to college and somebody found what you did. Right. Or it can come back to you with, you're the one who has to put your head on the pillow at night. So I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing such a personal story. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't ask you to do it if I didn't think that it would help a lot of people. And I believe, you know, because of what you do, you, you want to help a lot of people. And I just, I feel like this is one of those ways we can make that happen. So thank you so much for your time again today. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. As I, as I say, I'm, I'm learning as I go. So uh, I, sometimes when you care about something, it doesn't seem like work. You know, you just, just let it flow and hope that it's doing something right. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself, all right? Thank you. All right, be well. You too. Cheers. You'll hear more great information and insight from Sue Chef in future episodes of the Public and Permanent Podcast when we discuss judgment, empathy, and kindness.
I just want to thank you all again for the privilege of your time. I want to thank the incredible advocate and author of Shame Nation, Sue Chef, for the privilege of her time. We also want to thank everybody who submitted a voicemail and email to be on the show. We are reviewing all of your stories and we will be in touch. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and like us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can learn more about the podcast, including how you can leave us a voicemail or an email to be on the show where people can share ideas, thoughts, stories, and support, as well as learn more about some of our featured guests and downloadable documents and other information we'll be providing as the season continues. For all of this information and more, please visit our website at www.iroc2iroc2.org forward slash podcast. Thank you all so much again for listening. I look forward to telling you more stories and hearing your stories. Remember, you're listening to this on a tool that connects you to billions of people. So use that tool to be amazing. Be well, friends. Cheers.